0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Drawing Room Experts. This is Zabe, and welcome to the podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to me. Um, helps it makes it easier for other listeners to discover the show. And uh, do subscribe to the podcast on on YouTube because I think it's probably the one of the biggest reasons why I'm not as regular with these podcasts is because I have to um, manage two outlets at once previously it was much easier if it was just you know the audio one but uh but i guess this is what it is but anyway so yeah don't forget to subscribe on youtube and um hope you hope you enjoy the show well i mean today is a a very special show and as you can see i'm dressed appropriately for that um and um it took a while for me to to really think about what i wanted to say and and um has been a very torrid weekend for me personally um and i wanted to process that and i wanted to give myself enough time emotionally to to really uh, um you know make sense of what how i'm feeling and then try and try and you know elaborate that on the podcast so um obviously we're talking about football and we're talking about liverpool football club specifically my club and uh something I'm really passionate about and not many things actually in my life that I'm really passionate about there are very few things uh, Liverpool being one of them and I am very proud of that fact because I feel like you know human beings you know have to be passionate about something they have to be really attached to something uh, really passionately It could be anything in your life it could be um uh, i don't know politics maybe sometimes sometimes it's religion uh sometimes it's sport and music and and artists um family life not to say that i'm not attached to any of these things that i've just mentioned but um you know some attachments vary from one another and uh, i feel like liverpool football club really holds that tension in my life um so, obviously, uh, this weekend was the Champions League final and uh, between Liverpool and, and Real Madrid. Um, I think they've met a few times in the competition, uh, very few times in the final three. I can remember, top of my head, one being 81. The other is, is um, 2018 and now 2022. Um, we've met a few times here and there in the knockout stages or maybe in the group stages. I don't know. But I think... Um it's not a it is not a very prevalent and it's not a very um well, how, how should I put this? It's not a very common uh matchup you would see in in the Champions League any year. So it really holds that prestige to it. It really holds that um that that um um what do you call um that that really uniqueness to it, um, this was one of the reasons I think I present um, when I talked about and when we talked about the European Super League. This is one of the reasons that I put in and said if there has if there is to be a European Super League, and I think I'm I'm actually rolling off of uh, um, Jamie Carragher who made this point, but I completely agree with it, which is why I'm kind of presenting it as my point because it's kind of my point as well. But the idea is that if you have these matchups on a year in year out basis, which would have been the case under the European Super League because it becomes like a, an exclusive tournament, it loses its charm, right? And Real Madrid and 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 Liverpool certainly has that charm because it's very rarely that these two teams meet in the competition, and when they do, it's it's very very um, it's a grand occasion. So this weekend was um, no different, a huge occasion for the fans of uh, of both teams and myself. Uh, included, um, it was not just the final. I think the context behind it is is even bigger than the final, in my my personal opinion. Um, but before I get into that, I think one thing I really wanted to um, express, um, since this is my platform, and I wanted to make sure that I I get this out there to whoever's listening. Whatever happened prior to the game starting on Saturday in Paris, um, you know, with the authorities and the Liverpool fans um it was completely unfortunate and it was completely out of order to to see those things you know those are not the things that you would want to see and i was kind of like waiting to get them at uh, me waiting for the match to begin and um as soon as it you know hit like uh, 12 p.m local time i was like why isn't why isn't anything starting yet and then i went on to twitter and found out there's some sort of delay because the fans haven't arrived in the center uh, um in the um, in the stadium, for some reason, I think that's what the news was initially that the fans have arrived late. Obviously, that didn't fly because the fans have been hanging around both sides for around in and around the stadium and the city and the center where this, this event was being held for more than a few hours prior to starting the game. Um, then news started to uh, come through that it's because of fake tickets, perhaps, and which is why the authorities have, you know, kind of like. Sh- shut the entries and Liverpool fans weren't being allowed in. And then you heard news about tear gassed, uh, tear gases being thrown and, you know, with kids and women um, uh, also in the attendance. It was just, it was re- bizarre to see that. I think my only um, um, one thing that I wanted to mention as, as a result of this, this whole incident was, I was really disappointed um, to see the type of reaction that I saw online, especially from, uh, uh, um, supporters of other teams, m- most notably Man United and, you know, and, and, and uh, obviously other teams as well. But I was disappointed to see that, you know, them very quickly, um, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and started blaming the fans. And, um, and that may or may not be true. But the thing is that I, I really found really bizarre was that we've been here before. There have been incidents before like this. Most notably, you know uh, the the Hillsborough disaster that really plagues Liverpool's um, you know uh, spectator history for for so many years, and it's it's uh, uh, a hugely unfortunate event. And similar things happen at the time, right? When you know the supporters were crushed, um, you know um, under you know at the um, in the at the stadium and you know the the police reports soon after were released uh and the earlier police reports came out kind of like blaming the fans for for whatever happened that day for them dying so it was kind of like a you know victim blaming session um that took place and all the other fans obviously because they're rivals they all, all they all automatically assume gay okay, you know, if it's if it's um, an opposition team, so whatever is against them, I should get on board with that. Um i I've, I've found that, you know, you know, really you know a very immature way to deal with non-footballing things. I mean uh, you know, uh, fill your boots on, on on uh you know having the banter as far as football games is concerned, but something outside of the football stadium should be looked at very objectively. Um and then, obviously, you know, uh, years later, it was discovered that it was not the fans' fault; they were, they were, uh, um, they lost their lives because of uh, mismanagement, and you know, there's hence why the justice for the '97 or '96, as it was before, has been a huge part of the club's recent history. Um, thankfully, nothing like that happened, and in in Paris, there was no, you know, damage to the lives of the supporters, and you know, hopefully. Everybody made it out of uh, of that city uh, safe and sound, but I think for the fans to just start like mucking about and, and start blaming the fans yet again after there's been a history of uh, of, of of you know feeling uh, aggrieved by the fans, and then also history of feeling uh, proving you know being proved wrong uh, is 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 I've I've found that really bizarre. So, uh, my my thoughts and my uh, uh, you know my my good wishes are with the fans who attended that, and I hope that the Liverpool Football Club, you know, in association with UEFA and the French authorities and the stadium authorities, can sort this out as as quickly as possible with uh, the best amicable you know uh, in the best amicable way, and and you know, hopefully, the facts come out, which will shed much better light into the incident but anyway uh having said that that's not what we're here to talk about as much as it was important for me to say um so uh so this game was bigger than uh, was not bigger than the occasion I feel like this game had a lot, lot riding on it I think the story behind this game from a Liverpool perspective even some sort of and you know, a sort of from a Real Madrid perspective was huge um and I felt like that kind of overshadowed the game for the Real Madrid it was the you know the the journey that they've had beating like unbelievable teams on their way to the final and you know god knows luck of has luck has had their you know uh, it's fair um say um in in how they've made it to the final and and won those games um and for Liverpool obviously the 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 argument and this this whole um um the narrative behind this or or leading into the final was the quadruple obviously um uh, prior to the final it was just the treble but this whole idea of this 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 game defining how successful or not successful this season would be for liverpool and i want to argue um um uh, for that and and you know on that notion uh, as part of this episode as well and we'll get to that later but i just want to quickly talk about the game um, you know, anyway, the game started late, I think half hour or so late and the first half, I felt like we not, I mean, I, I didn't feel like, I think it was a, a fact that Liverpool absolutely battered Real Madrid, um, in the first half. I mean, Thibaut Courtois, I mean, yeah, he was actually right that the fans, you know, myself included have been pretty disrespectful of him in the past. I mean... The way he left Chelsea in a very contentious manner was, you know, he's always been known with the Chelsea supporters as a snake. And, and then they enjoyed his uh, early starts at the Real Madrid career when he was like spilling everything and, you know, called butterfingers and whatnot. And he was having the worst start of his Real Madrid career. Um, and uh, kudos to whoever was the manager at the time. I think it was Ziz Zidane pr- probably. And then, you know, now obviously Carlo. Um, sticking with him and, you know, knowing that this, he's a massive talent. And don't get me wrong. I mean, even when we, all of us were kind of like having fun at his expense, didn't at no point think that this guy is not a good keeper. And he obviously is. And, um, shown to be in the final, of course. Uh, that save off of Mane was just unbelievable. I felt, I felt like we definitely scored. I screamed Mane when, when that shot was hit from Mane. Um, and then, um, Obviously, to the disallowed goal, uh, real murdered goal. And uh, I at honestly at the time thought it was a goal for sure because uh, I did not know the rule that if there, even if there is a defender defender beyond the keeper, the offside line does not go beyond the keeper. So at first I thought that you know I think Robbo Robertson was was behind Ali, the goalkeeper. So I thought he's definitely onside. But then when they started talking about offside, I was like what's what's so difficult about this he's clearly onside because you know robo's like way ahead of uh, benzema at the point but then i found out you know technically um you know that's obviously not the case that's why the the lines weren't drawn and there was this massive debate about you know if uh if it was offside or onside because it came off of liverpool players and um so it, is it is it offside or onside um uh, yeah. subsequently i think it was uh rightfully disallowed because uh, um, you know I, how i understood it was that you know although it did come off liverpool players but obviously they weren't playing the ball towards benzema and then uh you can argue that okay Topir, like uh, uh if you, if they if 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 he wasn't like if the i think it came off fabinho i think if fabinho wasn't playing it Obviously, he wasn't playing it towards Benzema, then how does one get offside, like be offside, uh, you know, be onside in that situation? And unfortunately, no, because imagine the same scenario if someone, for example, takes a shot off of the edge of the box or wherever. The keeper saves it, the incoming striker taps it in and it's offside. Right. And. Nobody has an issue if it's offside. If if the if the attacker was ahead of the line, uh, he was offside. Um, but then you would you can argue that hey the 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 striker who who hit the ball in the first place did not mean it did not mean it as a pass. So if it wasn't a pass, then why is it offside? <laughs> because it was intended to be in that direction. So obviously that's not the case. The the whole debate about being intentional or not intentional goes out the window so rightfully i think offside i had my heart in my mouth i thought definitely in 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 hindsight i felt like if that goal was would have been allowed i think would have been perhaps better for us that real madrid would have gone into the first half with this false sense of security that you know they have liverpool where they needed and maybe we would have had more time to attack them in in the second half but that's obviously hindsight 2020 stuff but anyway uh went into the first half nil nil and um second half happens i didn't feel like we played the second half um as better as we could have but um you know that chance that mo had i think after we went one nil down um had off of um um that beautiful pass from fabinho to um to Mosala and and Mosala like beautifully takes it and hits it and saved by Thibaut. Um, of course, I I felt like we did test Courtois enough, but n- like not enough actually. We did test Courtois, yes, but I, I felt like it wasn't enough. And um, I felt like if we had tested them more, I mean, we had twenty four shots on target, twenty four shots and nine on target, and uh, Madrid had like. A handful of shots on shots and even less on target. So, I mean, the dominance that Liverpool showed was, was you know, there to be seen. Uh, but of course, you know, anyone who supports Elmer will be quick to say that that doesn't matter. The What matters is that they scored the goal and you didn't. And to Klopp's point, he, that's what he said as well. Like, they scored one goal and we couldn't, and hence we lost. So, um, Congratulations to Real Madrid, you know, I think deserve it. And I always thought, I mean, even when my friends, I think in my last podcast with, with Oasis, we were talking about the Champions League final and and um um, um he said that he, we should be able to beat Real Madrid and, you know, on paper, yes, but that's not how things work. The journey that Real Madrid had had up until that point, it, it was just magical. It was just unbelievable. So obviously some, you know, how these things kind of, um you know unfold is is um you know whoever's had this massive unbelievable type journey like we did in 2005 and you know uh, um even to an extent 2019 um that whole comeback with barcelona um that kind of like gives you an indication that you know it's kind of meant to be uh, probably gonna your names on the cup um, although one can argue that Spurs could have said the same. But anyway, um, congratulations to them. I mean, just fair play. I think uh, on the day they were effective. I, w- I wouldn't say they were better. Um, they were effective and they won the game, and that's completely fine. Um, then this whole debate starting to happen, I think I saw, I didn't see this clip, but I'd read somewhere uh, about, like, um, Michael Owen talking about the fact that Liverpool, you know, even though they lost the game, they're still the best team in Europe and one of the best teams in Europe. And then um, Rio Ferdinand is like, you know, touted as this savior, kind of coming in to quickly shut him down and saying, no, well, Madrid won, so they're the best. See, that's the thing. Um, Unfortunately, that's how it is. I mean, winning Real Madrid, Real Madrid winning the Cup doesn't mean anything. Sometimes in these competitions, even in the Premier League, sometimes in these competitions, the best teams don't win. So these cups and these um, these these accolades, although they mean a lot personally to that team because they've achieved it, sometimes they don't they don't show you the full picture. That's very or it's a very binary way of looking at football. That you know whoever won. One and the loser is a loss so that's it i mean that's a very binary way of looking at things i mean outside of football regardless i mean even outside of football that's a very binary way of looking at things so i think suggesting that real madrid now is the best team in europe is a very binary way of at things i mean um i disagree with michael owen i think he's one of the most basic pundits out there hands down so I'm not a fanboy of him um at all uh, but it's th- in this instance, I have to agree with him. I think he's absolutely right. Liverpool and Man City are the best teams in Europe. And if there was to be another match, you know, down the line, you know, uh, between these teams, uh, between Madrid and and Man City and Madrid and Liverpool, we'll see who the better teams are. So. The, there's a debate about what the who the better team is versus who the winner of the competition is. There's absolutely no debate about who the winner of the competition is. That's Real Madrid, so they have that. They have the cup to show for it. But as far as best team in Europe is concerned, I mean, this competition does not tag itself as a, the crowner of the best team in team in Europe because sometimes you know best teams lose out. Man City lost out in the semi-finals um ac milan 2005 famously lost out in the final does that mean liverpool were the best side in europe that year no (laughs) no not by any stretch of imagination so these tournaments have their this this beautiful you know this romanticism kind of attached to it so it doesn't objectively show you who the best team is you just need to make you know, you just need to look at a wide variety of data to come up with that opinion. And it's an opinion, like I said, it's not a fact. So you could come back with with whatever numbers you may have or stats that you may have that could prove that, you know, ABC team is the best team and I could have the same opinion about Liverpool. Um, that's what it is. It's an opinion. It's a subjective opinion, but with, we both would have some sort of, you know, objective stats to lean on. Um, so that's, that's something that I wanted to clear very, very, you know, off the top, like, uh, right off the bat. Um, and that takes me into this whole debate about, um, I think Pep Guardiola said that, you know, league cup is, you know, winning the league, uh, is better than willing, winning the champions league because, you know, league, you need to be consistent and, you know, it really shows you that actually, you know, the, the best team in the country is, yeah, Objectively, if that if, if it were to be looked at in a binary way, but I used to say in twenty fifteen or whenever Leicester won the league, were Leicester the best team in in England? Best team in England? No. They weren't the best team in England, but were they the winners of that competition? Yes, they were. So that means nothing. Comes sometimes was Man United the best team in England when they won it last time out in. Uh, 2013 i mean even man united fans would say that th- that wasn't their best team that wasn't there was not, not there be- that was not their best team and that was probably not the best team in 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 the country if we were to look at you know look at it on 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 paper but they won it right and they can have that right that doesn't mean i'm going to say that they didn't win it so you know if they weren't the best team hence they didn't win it they won it that's fine. I'm prepared to give them that. You know, every everyone is prepared to give Real Madrid the trophy because that's their trophy. I'm prepared to give Leicester the trophy of the Premier League because that's their trophy. They won it that year. Um, but that's not to say that every team who wins it may not be the best. That's what it is. It may not be the best, but at in a lot of, you know at a lot of times it is the best. Is it? Is it wrong to say that Man City is the best team in England? No, it's not. Are they the winners of the league? Yes, they are. So in the in this instance, it kind of matched. You know, it makes sense. Um, um, In 2019, when Liverpool won the Champions League, or even in 2020 when Liverpool won the Premier League, were they the best team in England? Yes. Did they win the competition? Yes. So it kind of like made sense, right? So in this instance, Real Madrid, they won the competition. Are they the best team in Europe? No. But did they win the competition? Yes. So, you know, you you see my point? That's not, so don't think of football or any other thing for that matter in a very binary basic way where you start like two plus two equals four all times. Like that's, that's not how, you know, life works, right? You can, uh, uh, you know, you can prepare as much as you want for your exams, right? And if you've done all the right things, does that mean that you will always get a hundred marks? No things happen on the day sometimes you lose focus sometimes something doesn't really click that's why exams i feel like you know that's another debate but that's why i feel like exams aren't um the right barometer of of judging a person's intellect or their academic skill sets but anyway that's another thing so uh going back to the point which which uh uh, which pep made about like you know league being the best and you know champions league is a pool of luck (laughs) league is also a pool of luck you know suggest this whole idea that 38 games you know um somehow means that you know you have shown yes on paper you've shown more consistency over the, the the course of the season the course of 38 games but is that hard versus showing consistency at the right times for example liverpool showed consistency throughout the champions leagues Um, champion league season um this year but they lost in the final should i then say that because they had consistency throughout the year throughout the year then they should get the trophy no it's hard you know consistency in 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 cup competitions is is hard to keep because it's a one-off game you know one bad day or one person in your team has a bad day that's it you're done well versus in the league you may have a bad day and you know other teams may also have bad days, so it kind of evens itself out on that particular weekend. And sometimes you have the best of days and the other teams don't have so. so you know you you, you move ahead in, uh, in the table. So luck kind of functions in the 38 game season as well. So to, to suggest that there's nothing luck has nothing to do with the victory in the in the course of a 38 game season it's it's bullshit in my opinion. I think um, um, Pep's opinion is coming more from the fact that that's the trophy that uh, his team could have he uh, his team won this season. So obviously he's going to make sure that he doubts this trophy as the best trophy. If we had won the Champions League, we would have doubted it to be the best trophy out there as well. So you know don't you know get me wrong there as well. But this whole idea that you know (laughs) that. The Premier League is better than the Champions League because it's a 38 game season. Makes no no sense to me at all. Um. though, yeah, I mean, uh, if 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 it was Liverpool winning the league and Man City winning the Champions League, I would have probably said the same thing. Which which uh, which uh, which Pep said that you know league means more than the Champions League, but that's because. I have what I what I uh, what you know does the other person already has like the Champions League five times or six times. So you know it's about priorities, right? If I'm sure uh, Man City would have loved to be in the final this year. I'm sure they if they were someone would have offered them, you know, you can lose the title to Liverpool, but you would win the Champions League, they would take it because they have had enough Champions uh, League successes um in the past. So you know, on that basis they would have taken the champions league success uh, you know as a change uh, for a change this this season so it's it it's depends on circumstances it depends on you know where these uh, these teams are in their journeys um uh yeah so i mean that's that's what it is i guess 2020 uh 2022 season has been an absolute blast I think uh, I also want to address this idea, you know, which I, you know, started off in the beginning of the of the episode that Liverpool had so much riding on this game. You know, apparently people were suggesting that if they didn't win this game, their season's a failure, um, which I don't get. Right, if winning two trophies in a season against, you know, in your in your calculations, if if I were to say, if Real Madrid is the best team in Europe because they've won the competition, then that, by the same formula, Chelsea are the were the best team in Europe who we beat twice in the final. Now, you can argue so it was on penalties, but that's BS. Who cares? A winner is a, a winner. So, in I can't argue in the Champions League final because, hey, we dominated the game. But you would say that, no, no, but you lost. Yeah, and I would have to agree with that, right? Therefore, you can't come to me with the same argument saying, "Oh no, no, no! It, it was on penalties, so what? You lost." That's that's the rules of the game. So it means nothing in 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 um, you know in in, in any calculation. So if I were to believe your you know binary way of looking at football, and when I say your, I mean actually your, some people out there, but anyway, um, binary way of looking at football that you know if a team wins the premier european competition then hence they are the best team in europe so therefore we beat the best team in europe in two finals to win those two cups so don't try and you know bring that bs off these cups mean nothing or these are very smaller cups but my point was if winning two cups in a season is a failure then i want to understand what these other teams are doing if winning two cups is a failure then winning one is what Winning none is what? You tell me, right? So, I mean, it's, again, this is my argument. I'm not saying that Liverpool have, have had a better season than Man City. Um, I could argue. And what I'm um, talking about, I think, very briefly. I know it's been half an hour. I haven't really touched on it yet. But still, I'll, I'll come to that. Don't worry. Nothing happens. Pause. Do pause Do Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do um so right? Uh may argument, but if if the generic consen- the general consensus of this argument has to be accepted, then maybe argument page cross down. Alright. Um, um it's definitely better than winning no trophies this year, right? Uh wink wink, man United fans, Arsenal fans, Spurs fans, whatever. You didn't win shit. So you know little respect as uh jose would say um though right so i mean um it, it makes no sense to me when 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 people suggest that this was a failure season it's up it absolutely wasn't if this was failure because in your opinion we should have won the four trophies that then we would have been successful that's the only way of success then football history may then there hasn't been a successful team ever if winning all trophies in a season is success. Okay. Then you can say, no, no, at least three to tojitte. Who, who made that number? Like, who, who, who created that math? Where does that come from? Okay. Who created this rule? That three ke, then it's a success. Two ke, it's not a success. And one tojitoke. Bullshit argument. Bullshit. bullshit. Like, 60s, mein, I think, mid-60s, if I'm not mistaken, Celtic won the quadruple. They won their two domestic cups. They won the European Cup that year and the league. But is that? Does that mean anything? Perhaps no. If, if you you were to be very subjective about your understanding of football, you'd be very like like intellectual about what the understanding of football is. It wouldn't because winning the Scottish league with a bio, you know, with all due respect, isn't the same as winning the German league or maybe I don't know, <laughs> winning the Italian league or the English league or the Spanish league, right? Um. So, um, so obviously then what happens that uh, when you know objective things, when you have black and white things, you try and bring context to them. That's how human minds function, like sane human minds. Therefore, if I suggest that Celtic is the best team ever in the world, because they're the only team that, that has won the, the quadruple, you would rightfully come to me and say that, hey, Zav, yeah, numerically, you make sense. But it's the Turk. It's it's the it's the Scottish League they won. It's the Scottish Cup they won. The European League um, Cup, you know, I'll give you full marks on that. But come on, those three other cups, they're not the same, right? And I would, I have to, I would have to agree with that, right? Um similarly when you come when you come to me and say oh ha ha Liverpool lost four you know uh, uh, lost two out of the four cups that they they competed in i would i would have to bring you down with some some context as well there's no team in the history of if i'm not mistaken history of the english game or recent times of the mooli never that has had to compete on all four competition until the last day of the season None. Bring any team. Bring only Man United's. Bring your fucking, you know, invincible Arsenals. Bring your fucking Jose Marinos, Chelsea's. None of them. They all were done with their quadruple dreams early part of the new year or end of the, um the you know, the Christmas break or prior to that. he period, may, December, January period, may, February period, may, they were done. That leaves them with three months, three and a half months, to attack the three competitions, which with which which United did in ninety nine, and they won, and that was a great achievement. Which um, I don't know, maybe the domestic treble that City uh, won a couple of years ago, they did it. Though, so, but even with their prowess, these great teams, they couldn't manage the the squad and the tactics and in a season where not losing like drawing losing to Badulga drawing is not an option. When you're competing with a Man City team, which is fucking irresistible. Drawing or going going to away to Chelsea, draw karke point which was the case in the nineties. You know, if I were to really throw shades at the 99, you know, league win of United, I could. But I'm not going to because that would sound pretty bad but it wouldn't be you know dishonest it wouldn't be a very um inappropriate conversation to have i could not really be you know i could really go in on it but i'm not going to um, in in a season in a in a in a in times where drawing or winning you know drawing away to your closest rival is not an option winning fucking every winning game is is, is pretty much the only option that you have it's ridiculous for this for a team which is not, which is nowhere near the riches of Man City, which is nowhere near the riches of Real Madrid, which is nowhere near the riches of um, Chelsea or PSG. Um, um, for them to to really go ahead and do this, the season is remarkable. Remarkable, and 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, I know deep down in you know Man United fans' heart, Chelsea fans' heart, Arsenal fans' heart, Spurs, of course, Man City. Even they would have loved to be in that position, right? Sometimes you know you have to be in those positions first in order to win. Liverpool had to be in that 2018 final that which win, in which we lost to Madrid for us to win the next year. Liverpool had to be in that 97 point league race uh, with uh, Man City for us to win it the next year, right? We have been very close. We've won two Cups, just lost out on the league trophy by one point, and obviously the the Champions League final by that goal. Um, Sometimes you have to be in this position. We don't have the riches where we can just go in. I mean, I was just reading Man City's like owner or whatever, some guy at the top suggesting that there're going to be more signing coming through in addition to what they've just done with with Haaland. We don't have that rich we do not have those riches. Right now we're scrambling to even sell our premium striker in Sadio Mane. I mean that should be a very easy deal for them to make but you know we're we're, we're counting on the money that we get from that to in order to reinvest into this team. Um even this season which was an amazing season and that's why they had they had this amazing uh, parade and I've been Sharing and watching that on 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 my socials. Um, this this magnificent season that we've just had, we've only signed one player, Ibrahim Ibrahim Gonate, and he played the final of the Champions League. He was supposed to be our backup defender, but he play, played the final because he was amazing this season. 22, 23 years old. His his peak is so far ahead. like he's so far ahead like of his time. He's gonna be amazing when he gets to 20, 29. Amazing if he continues on this trajectory. Um, so, I mean, make your mind up. I mean, these are all <laughs> undeniable facts that I'm sharing. And, and you know, uh, you can call it whatever you want to call it. You can, you can call it like an emotional defense of, of the Liverpool season and you can laugh at it. That's fine. I don't give a shit. But it is what it is. It is these are all facts every team would want to be in our position and they would want to be us and they can't. They For us, for that to happen, they have to have the spirit that this club has, you know, the manager that this club has, you know, um, and don't get me wrong, next season could be an absolute disaster like it was, I mean, a couple of years ago when I made that video about Liverpool losing like seven, six games on the trot at home. Um, it could be that, but who, who cares? Right now, i ki baat kar raha we are in this position. We are in a position of um absolute strength. I love what Crop said at the final whistle. This guy has lost more than he has won. And sometimes you need to go through that. You know, teams like ours cannot really, you know, get you know, we we've never had things easy. So we're not rich for us. Like we can't we can't afford to throw money at our issues and our problems and just get out of it like man city does every single fucking year Uh, like united does like chelsea does um um, but we are in a position where we try things we fail and then we try again simple as that we try and you fail and then you try again and you pass we we have to go through these iterative you know steps for us to eventually claim an organic victory in my opinion versus um what a man city does is just you know and don't get me wrong they have a fantastic organization and you know money doesn't in isolation mean that you would win everything certain cases it does but not necessarily um they have a fantastic organization, but they've they 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 found themselves in the position i mean they can go ahead and assign a highland uh, um, and some some of you might suggest that why doesn't liverpool sign a Highland? Like there's a fucking wage bill that we have to also balance 50 million, 100 million ka player bhai, kar, kar, karna is not enough, we can't spend that much money, but who the fuck is going to pay them their wages, especially when the market is so fucked up right now even if we go towards an Mbappe for a free transfer, we can't even afford him on a free transfer <laughs> this is the market right now when the fucking guy is asking for half a billion pounds in wages every fucking week only you know your, your oil monies and your you know madrid's of this world and man city of this world can can afford them like free sign what the fuck are you talking about like if, if we should spend that's ridiculous and and I, you know i read somewhere that you know i think liverpool ceo Werner or someone uh, not ceo actually Werner. um uh said that you know we're trying to play by these ffp rules i need i need to fact track it i don't know even though i kind of think that's the case but um we are kind of abiding very strictly to the the financial flip fair play regulations that have been devised by uefa and some other teams aren't man city case in point i'm pretty sure psd fucking psg like making the fucking making mbappe the fucking prince of uh and, and, and um, you know, no one bets an eye in, in UEFA. and um, But that's another thing. So I wholeheartedly, uh, you know, and on the basis of not just emotions, but facts, believe that this season, Liverpool season, was an absolute and utter success. And... You know, you have to go for four trophies in order for us to win two, and those are not easy to... We didn't fucking beat Nottingham Forest in the final, right? We didn't fucking beat. If if oppositions pay or cups pay. then Arsenal's Arsenal. Arsenal fans should stop talking about FA Cup victories. Like and then Man City, who've been winning fucking you know the Cup, the Carabao Cup for time immemorial in the past. You know, at least in the past few years they shouldn't even mention it Name not mention it uh, what's his name um, Mourinho he just mentioned that you know I won three cups or three you know trophies with United mention it ye not nahi but they all mention it because it's a fucking legitimate cup and especially when the other teams are kind of like taking it very seriously see, now you have the fucking likes of Man City trying to win it every fucking year Though so it obviously has a massive weight attached to it. Um, not saying that it's better than the league, no. But at least two competition are at least equal to the league. But that's just me, my opinion. Um, um, yeah, so I mean, I wholeheartedly and, you know, on the basis of all the facts that I've stated, all the objective analysis I could have done as a, as a very emotional fan, um, believe that the season has been an absolute success. And I can, uh, you know, proudly look at this these these team members, you know, the, the members of the staff, um, the coach in Jurgen Klopp. Um, you know, I keep them at the highest, you know, I give them the highest regard. I think they are absolutely amazing. What they've done physically this, to do what they did is unbelievable. Win or lose to Dur ki to actually play all the games possible this season with the intensity that these guys play it at. Even that alone is impossible. So <laughs> they've just done that in 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 addition to winning or losing a handful. I think four games have lost all year. Compared to Man City, I think I'm sure I've lost more. Um, so these things context, Like, it Zero. Like, come on. Let's just you know, I know you have fan you're fans and you have these these you know uh, associations with your own club, like this whole this very um archaic kind of like attachment, like a fucking uh, tribal you know, attachments to your clubs. That's fine, you know, great banter. I love it. You know, some of the banter on twitter instagram i saw in the past few days have been amazing you know i've laughed at it i even you know liked liked it right so that's fine but when you come come at me at like failure freedom, blah 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 you're a fucking clown you're a fucking clown simple as that so um anyway i think that's pretty much it i think i've pretty much said it all um Reviewing the season, um, viewing the season has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, it's such a, you know, proud moment for me as a fan who've gone grown through the years of, um, you know, the last years of Rafa Benitez and haunting years of uh, Roy Hudson and um, constantly finishing sixth, seventh, eighth embarrassing right to come from that to being a you know permanent fixture in the top two um permanent fixture in the top four in europe um all the great players want to play for you with you amazing 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 the journey that we are we have been on and we are on because it's just not over yet i think so much evolution next season is going to be even amazing and you know we'll get to that when next season starts and i can't wait for it obviously these next couple of months will be very tough as they always are when you wait for the next season um really looking forward to it and um and yeah i think that's pretty much it that's pretty much it that's all i wanted to say uh don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as i said in the at the start of the show on on uh, on youtube spotify apple podcast google podcast makes it easier for other people to discover the show leave your ratings um and uh, your comments as well if you want to but those are my points anyway we'll be back with another one appreciate it thanks